sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Topanga Moon Podcast. How is everyone doing? I feel like this is like high summer season. Um, and I'm in my home country right now of Croatia. And I'm at my parents' new place, which will be a rental. And it's so gorgeous. It has a view of the water. It has a pool. I mean, it's just really, really amazing. And I'm just so grateful to be here and back in Croatia. And it's been just so incredible to travel through Europe right now. And the weather has been perfect and it's just been beyond dreamy already. And I've only been here for five days. (laughs) So, um, I'm sure I'll be updating you all on more of my European travels and adventures and my time here in Croatia. So we flew into Venice and spent the night and then took a ferry to Pula in Croatia and then a flight to Zadar, which is where my family is from. And one thing I cannot get over, which I already knew, but it was just a nice reminder, is how amazing the food is here all organic, local, fresh, and just, they always use ingredients that are simple, but beautiful and nourishing and readily available. Um, eating with the seasons. I mean, it's just so incredible. All of the meals I've been having have been like beyond and they just do it right here. You know, it's all about nature and good, clean, whole food which I think is the way that we should be eating. And it could not be more perfect because it just beautifully ties into today's incredible podcast interview with Carlina Dean, herbalist and holistic nutritionist. And we dive into all things health and wellness when it comes to our food and herbs, plus the mind-body connection and how it all works together. This episode, I have been so eager to share, and I am just beyond excited to have this juicy summer conversation. I love Carly's perspective on health and wellness. It's just so approachable and really about tuning in and listening to your own body and what your body is telling you. And it's simple. And she loves using herbs that are easy to find and so common, um, things that you just can grow in your backyard. And her knowledge of plants is really empowering. We discuss many topics today, like her recent herbal apprenticeship that she did in Oregon, 
hormone health and summer tinctures and how our cycles can be understood as the four seasons, which is the first time I've heard of that. And the best herbs to support us through those four seasons. I love this conversation because it is filled with information on herbs to support you in all areas of life, plus recipes and just so many details to really impact our health. And I just love getting into the, you know, the specifics on certain herbs and what they do to us on an emotional level and then on a physical level. And um, just hearing about these recipes and different ways to incorporate herbs in new ways that I would never even think of. And I think that it's just amazing to have these conversations where you can get really detailed and really um, dive into the knowledge of it and take away so much that you can easily incorporate into your daily life. And, you know, it's just all about wellness that works. I think that's really the theme that comes through in this conversation of just simplicity and finding balance and finding wellness that works for you. And you'll definitely want to have like a paper and pen nearby because this is like a taking lots of notes (laughs) kind of episode, which I love. And there's just so much goodness that you'll want to incorporate in your day-to-day life. Like the benefits of creating herbal infused vinegars, which I've never even heard of before, but now that's all I want to do is make herbal (laughs) infused vinegars to add to my salads, which will be amazing here because every day I've been having this amazing, just classic Croatian salad, which is cucumbers, tomatoes, oil, and vinegar, really. Anyways, you're going to love this one. Um... It's just perfect for the summer season. So much info. So let's dive into this gorgeous conversation with Carly. Welcome to Topanga Moon Podcast. I'm here with Carlina Dean. She is an herbalist and holistic nutritionist specializing in women's health and hormones. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited because this is something that I've wanted to bring to the podcast community for so long because I have such a deep interest in this in this world and this knowledge. And I think that it's really becoming the forefront in a lot of people's conversations right now. We're talking about health, we're talking about well, wellness and specifically hormone health. That's something that I'm hearing so much about and I want to know so much about. So I'm just like, I have so many questions and I'm just thrilled to have your expertise here. So thank you so much. But I really want to start with, okay, you just did an apprenticeship in Oregon and it sounded so fascinating to me. It looked gorgeous. What called you to that area? Like, has this been something that you've been wanting to do for a while? And tell me all the insights, everything that you learned from this like recent trip because you just got back. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you that know uh, Herb Farm, it is a really well-known herbal products company from the States, and they actually offer this amazing program, and it's an herbiculture program. So it's a 10-week apprenticeship program where you get to live in Southern Oregon, in community, 
about eight other people. Usually they tend to be women. And it's just an immersive experience where you get to work on the farm, you get to work with plants, and you get to learn as well. So there's a ton of different classes that you get to experience. There's class about three days a week. And uh, we do herb walks on Saturday. So it's a pretty full uh, full program. And I heard about this program actually from a fellow um, herbal friend of mine years ago, like probably about six years ago. So it's been, it'd been on my radar for a while. And this is a program that they've been running for probably since like the nineties. Oh wow. So it's like a well-known. Yeah. It's a yeah. pretty well-known pro- program and a lot of very well-known herbalists and herb folk definitely have done this program. So it's a pretty well-known, especially in the States. And it's been on my radar for a long time and it just wasn't the right, it just wasn't the right time in my life. It, when I was really interested in it, I was in a relationship and, you know, 10 weeks seemed like a really long time. Like I couldn't get time off work, all the reasons why, you know, we tell ourselves that we can't do things and yeah, it just wasn't the right time for me. And then, you know, we had a big break of the pandemic and, and, you know, they, they closed the program for the first time since they'd started it. And then, you know, during the pandemic, I had a huge life shift where I ended a very long relationship and I kind of went on this little self-discovery. I call it my eat, pray, love year where I did Mm -hmm. traveling and just really connected with myself and, and just really connected what was really important to me. And that was really clear that it was connecting more with plant medicine, uh, really, really immersing myself in pursuing, uh, learning more about plants and becoming a really well, like becoming a really skilled herbalist. Mm -hmm. And so I had, you know, worked in an apothecary, you know, I'd done more of the the theoretical kind of stuff, but what was lacking for me because I'd been in a city and I was a city herbalist is connecting with the plants. I'd never actually seen a lot of these plants in real life. Oh, I wow. did yeah. what that meant to connect with plants. Like, you know, they talked about plant plant spirit and connecting with it. And that was just something that I just didn't really uh, like, I didn't really get. And so, yeah, the opportunity came up and I just went for it. And it was really divine timing because it was one of those things I look back now and if I had gone earlier, I just don't think it would have had the same impact. And if I had gone later, I don't think it wouldn't, it wouldn't have aligned. So it really happened at the, at the exact moment it needed to happen. So yeah, the program was unbelievable. I got to live in community with eight other women. So there was nine of us in one house. Wow. It was, had its challenges for sure. But I would say that that in and of itself was one of the most profound and amazing things I could have ever asked for. It was just um, incredible being able to live in community, which is something I was definitely lacking, was that sense of community and being with like-minded people that shared the same interests as me, that lifted me up, and especially in a group of women. And so, yeah, they were my mirrors. They got to show me things that maybe triggered me that I didn't like about myself. It was a very profound learning experience. Yeah. And so, yeah, I got to live and work alongside of all of them. We made our meals together. We did classes together. It was, it was amazing. So yeah, that was incredible. And then we got to work in the fields. Uh, we processed medicine, everything from dandelion to California poppy, oh. uh, to, you know, you name it. There was so many herbs that we got to work with. And so yeah, we got to do plant sits, which means that you take 
um, you take a tincture of a mystery herb and you get to actually sit with it before you actually know what it is. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. And I'd never done anything like that before. So that's just an example of just some ways that I was really able to connect with plants more on a spiritual and uh, energetic level than more of the physical in which I had become so used to. Right. And so in more of that um, allopathic way that, which is very, this herb is good for this. It was more about getting to know the plants really, really well. And in its whole form, like sitting with the plants, harvesting Mm -hmm. the plants, working with them. And yeah, the scenery was amazing. Like living on a farm with mountains in the background. Yeah. Your videos looked incredible every day. I was like, where are you? You're on a different planet. (laughs) Yeah. And they didn't even do it justice, honestly. Like it was like a dream and I can't even, I can't even describe. So if anyone is that is listening is called to do a program like this or, or needs to do something like this, please reach out to me and I will be happy to give you any recommendations, but I highly recommend it. It was a, it was an incredible experience. Yeah. And so, it sounds really magical. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that answered your question. It was yeah. And so you were talking about you connecting with one of the plants beforehand and you don't know what it is. So which, which plant was it? Did you, were you able to connect with it and know what it was in the end? Yes. So what we do is we did a couple of plant sits. And so there was a few that uh, I think we did four in total. And it was during our plant walks that we would do it. And so we would take a couple drops of the tincture and everyone would. Oh, you would take them. Yeah, you would take the plant. Wow. Okay. So not just like holding them. Yeah, no, you would take a couple drops and you wouldn't know what the plant was because that's so interesting about the mind, right? As soon as we tell ourselves what something is, then that kind of takes over, you know, the placebo effect, the placebo effect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just as we know, so incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. So this was a really, really interesting kind of uh, just like experiment, if you will. So yeah, we did four in total. And the first one we did, it's so interesting because everyone would kind of go off for like 15 minutes and sit with it to be able to connect with themselves, connect with the plant. And then we would all come back and share what we felt. And it was so interesting that most of the time it was very similar Mm -hmm. that we all kind of felt, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. So the first one, uh, was a Hawthorne. And Hawthorne is really, really potent for the heart, for opening the heart. And for those that are really close with the heart, experiencing grief, this can be a really potent medicine uh, for that. It's used a lot physically as well for folks that have heart uh, issues, but energetically, it can be really, really potent for, for grief and just helping you with opening your heart. And so, yeah, it was really, really interesting. A lot of people felt that. And I even heard a story of uh, past interns that really broke down and were quite emotional. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's pretty cool, like being able to experience that it, it that way. And so, yeah, I won't share any more yeah. about that. But that's about that's pretty much it. Yeah, That's really cool because especially that you all experience similar things and, and it yeah. really goes back to this idea of plant consciousness and how, you know, it, it there, it's undeniable that, you know, plants really have this way of, you know, having their own consciousness and being able to connect with us. And it's so fascinating to me that different plants can do different things, like specialize in different things, but also it's dependent on the person too, in a way it's like how it 
you know, relates to your own individual or our consciousness or whatever you want to call it. So, percent, so yeah. Cool. And that was, I would say the thing that I took away the most from this program was more of that, like mm-hmm. maybe not so much. And I'm someone who can, who tended in the past to be very more is better. I think we live in this kind of overconsumption world where it's like more is better, more is better. But it's really interesting. I got to learn quite a bit more about the energetics and something specifically that really stuck with me was drop doses of certain herbs. And so one that really called to me um, that I learned about was, uh, was milk thistle seed. And milk thistle seed can actually be really helpful for folks that uh, need more self-forgiveness and for people that are having a, a tough time with like being really hard on themselves. And a drop dose would be like from an energetic level would just be one to three drops. And basically what the whole idea is, is that it's just enough that it won't affect you on a physical level, but it'll work with your emotional body. And so that's the whole concept of that. And that whole, that whole thing was very, very foreign to me. And I'd never even thought or considered that kind of thing. And I mean, before this program, I think I would kind of maybe, I don't know, dismiss that sort of, uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, I think it's really, really amazing. And I think that sometimes we can overlook how powerful working with the emotional body can be. So it's a whole other world. It's very, very complex. Yeah. Just an example of how you can kind of open up your mind to how it can be really, really uh, be so many different layers. So I love that. And with this milk thistle, is it just that in the tincture or is there anything else? Yeah, so I would just work. So milk thistle uh, on more of a physical level is traditionally used for uh, for liver support. And oh, interesting. Yeah, and so it can be really, really helpful for the liver. But that's more like you would take that in larger, larger amounts for it to be more on the physical body. But yeah, I just heard from one of my teachers that emotionally it can be really helpful specifically for that. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do too with... Uh, with the liver having a lot to do with holding on to resentment and holding on to mm-hmm. anger on an energetic level. But yeah, just my teacher mentioned it, that it's a very potent herb for self-forgiveness. And it just really stuck out for me. And there's mm-hmm. herbs for so many different things and flower essences, but oh yeah. yeah, that one in particular really stuck with me for that one. And it's like a self-forgiveness yeah. And just one, cut yeah. yourself some slack a little bit. Yeah. Why, so, I don't know just, why, like the yeah. idea of like people pleaser in me yeah. thinks like, oh, that could be helpful of like feeling like, oh, I need to like, you know, not. Yeah. Yeah. Along those lines. Yeah. And so that's the cool thing about herbs is sometimes I think we can be so set in a way that's more on a physical level. That's just like very, a very kind of black or white where it's like this herb is good for this you know right theory and I think it's really cool to just like just bring it up that there's more to it than that. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. I'd love to dive in now kind of we're getting onto this topic but this idea of mind-body connection because I know that's really important for you and that's a big part of your story and why you're so passionate about this work um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you approach the the mind-body connection when it comes to holistic nutrition and food, and then maybe some unexpected things that people may be doing daily that you're seeing that really impact 
stress and anxiety when it comes to food? Mm, I love this question. So I'll start off by saying with myself, I, again, used to, I would say that I've come a long way in terms of my own, I don't know if I want to say like spirituality, but I think of just opening my mind a little bit to other ideas in the sense of, I think I was very, you know, scientific based. I would kind of, I wasn't a very spiritual person. I would kind of, I don't know, roll my eyes at that kind of thing. This was like probably like three or four years ago before I really kind of connected with my own self and, and developed more of a spiritual practice. And then I realized how important it was. But I think when I first started out, I was very one-sided where I was almost obsessively, you know, when I went to school for holistic nutrition, I would obsessively think about eating the right foods, uh, you know, making sure that everything was, I was definitely a perfectionist. And, and, you know, I can know now looking back is that was a big thing for me to feel loved and to feel like I was worthy was to, Mm. you know, have to be perfect. And for me, that was control with my food. And, you know, I look back and it definitely was not the healthiest relationship that I did have with food. And especially going into school, I was quite obsessive. I needed to do everything right. At the time I was plant-based and, you know, very, very one-sided with that. And yeah, I think that I really looked at any sort of problem as something that I could take to fix it. You know, it it was just one juice cleanse away, one Mm -hmm. special detox I had to do or one protocol to be able to achieve, you know, this ultimate health, if you will. And it was so physical. It was all about the physical body. And then I started doing a lot more research and just exploring more of my own mental health and exploring, you know, my own traumas and things like that. And that's where it really became quite apparent to me how, how much our mind can impact our body and, you know, both, right. And even looking at the gut, it's so connected to the brain and the vagus nerve, and it's our second brain, right. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, it can be what came first, the chicken or the egg, are you eating and you're really stressed out and it's causing digestive issues, or is there an impact digestive issues and it's impacting your mental health. So they really do come hand in hand. And I love that more folks are waking up to this and it's being talked about a lot more. And so I would say that with me, that was kind of when I first really started discovering the mind body connection and, and really looking at that And so, yeah, I started to really kind of tackle into uh, just looking at how I interacted with food, uh, really watching not only just what I was eating, Mm -hmm. but how I was eating it. And so, you know, you can, I'm sure many of you heard this kind of thing before, it's been said many times in the wellness space where it's, you can eat all the, drink all the green juices and eat all the, you know, healthy kale salads in the world. But if you're not sitting down and eating or looking at food in a way that's like on a positive note, and you're constantly stressed out when you're eating, you're not going to absorb any of the nutrients that you're consuming, right? It's just, it really is so, so important. And so, yeah, I started looking more into the nervous system. And again, really looking at some past traumas that I really needed to deal with myself. And 
that's where a lot of the more profound healing happened in my own life was uh, really looking at them hand in hand, right? The mental is just as important as the physical. And so, yeah, that was kind of my own journey. Mm-hmm. And then to go on kind of your next question, which is what I see talking about hormones a lot more, but as women, we are so incredibly disconnected from our bodies. It's a so true. Of, yeah. It's right. And a lot mm-hmm. of us are walking around with incredibly dysregulated nervous systems. We live in an incredible, in, in a masculine world where it's go, go, go all the time, you know, we're praised for being like boss, like boss girl, girl bosses, and, you know, being these like independent women that are doing it all and forcing ourselves. And we live in this masculine world, yet we live in these feminine bodies that, you know, our, our hormones are very cyclical. So our cycle is 30 is usually, you know, 28, 35 days, it's a month long, and we have this ebb and flow. And, you know, whereas men, on the other hand, have a 24 hour cycle. And so yeah, we yes, must have world. heard about this. Yeah. Fascinating? It's so fascinating. So theirs is goes throughout the day, but ours is a month. And ours is a month. Yeah. And we're not living and within so, that. We're living within the yeah. 24 hours model. Well, think about it. You're expected to show up. You're expected to show up, you know, every day on point, you know, do all the things. Mm-hmm. And so we're pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves and being so out of touch with our body, so out of touch with our cycle. And, you know, we live in this state of, of alertness all the time. We're like, are we're completely dysregulated. So back to my point about the food, we're living in this world where we're, you know, social media, TikTok, all these things tell us what we, what's healthy, what's not. But a lot of us aren't actually listening to our own bodies because we're so, everyone is so unique and what works for them and what doesn't, what makes them feel good and doesn't. So, you know, there is definitely like a blueprint and there is a, like, you know, a more, you know, there's a lot of wealth of information, which is amazing, but a lot of people aren't listening to their bodies. A lot of people aren't, you know, in rhythm with the seasons, we aren't in connection with nature because we are nature, right? But we are so out of touch. We eat, you know, these cold salads, you know, year round in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. And we don't eat with the seasons, you know, we get things shipped from across the world, we don't pay attention to any of that. We're dysregulated our nervous systems, we, you know, wake up and drink coffee on an empty stomach. And I do that a lot. And I need a lot to of people it. do. A lot of people do, but that's the thing is like everyone's different, right? And we all have different starting points. So some of us, you know, maybe can handle a little bit more stress than the other, but it's one of those things that, you know, that's what I see a lot of is these women trying to do it all and not able to give themselves permission to rest. And, you know, it does have an effect quite a bit on their nervous system, mm-hmm. on their mental health and, and, and ultimately on their, their menstrual health as well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many things that we can dive into with that, but we started talking about hormones and I think that's a really important topic that I would love to get into more deeply and more intimately because, I, you know, I feel like a lot of people are talking about that right now. It is like a kind of like a hot topic and um, for a reason, because there's there's so much that 
um, misinformation out there and like things that we've been doing for so long now that's really creating these imbalances in our hormones as women. And it really affects our health in a huge way. It affects our reproductive systems, all these things. Um, So I'd love to hear, you know, a little bit more about this idea of hormone health and and what foods that we should be incorporating to really start to bring more of that balance in. Um, And just anything that you think of that you think is really important for us to to dive into and to know in terms of hormone health. We can get into like, you know, period cramps. Are they normal? <laughs> Are they yeah, normal? We can talk about all this. Um, you know, there's oh, tons of endocrine disruptors out there right now. How to maybe like, you know, protect ourselves from that. I know it's like a big topic, but wherever you want to go with it, I would love to dive in more deeply. Yeah, let's get into it. So I personally really really loved diving into this because I feel I love holding space for women. I love connecting with women. I love women's health. It's something that I'm so incredibly passionate about. And the more I dove into it, the more excited I got about um, about learning more and, and empowering women to not only educate themselves, but to feel like more empowered because it's something that you know, was definitely withheld from a lot of us. Many of us, you know, didn't know, learn anything about their periods. In fact, I didn't know anything about my period or even pay attention to my period until I was well into my thirties, which is so messed up to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Same with me. I mean, I didn't even track it or like, I was just like, oh, I have it and it hurts. I should, you know, like there's so much we don't know. Oh, and there's so many things that I used to do too with, just not supporting my hormonal health. Like I remember when I was younger taking birth control, I would just take it all the way through because I didn't want to get my period on vacation or just like things like that. That is just so, I was just so disconnected from my body. I was so disconnected from my cycle. And so, yeah, I just want to start off by saying that we have four cycles. So your period or your menstrual cycle uh, isn't just when you bleed. That's not the thing. That's not the main event. So we have four different phases of our cycle, and I'm just going to talk about them in a little bit of detail. Mm -hmm. And I love the analogy of explaining these four phases of our cycle as the four seasons. And so Mm -hmm. I love this because it really, really mimics nature. It can really mimic the moon. It can really mimic, you know, what's going on, you know, in our outside world. That is so fascinating. I don't know why that just like clicked with me right now. The four seasons, the four phases of the moon, and then women have four, their own four phases. Like, it's uh, It's magic. It's actually not anything short of magic, to be honest. It really isn't. And so, and I love, I just want to quickly put in here as well, and I love that you, um, you said earlier how you're really interested in, you know, herbal medicine and things like that. And that's what I love so much as I hear this from so many women, because we have this internal need to be connected to plants. Like we really, mm-hmm. I really feel like all women should connect with plants in some way or is an herbalist inside in some way. And so that's why I'm really, really passionate about this work as well, because I think we all, you know, through our ancestry and through everything, like women are just most women are, are, are very, very, you know, drawn to this world and there's a reason for it. And so, yes, I just want to talk about the four seasons. And so 
our four cycles are, let's start off with our menstruation. So when we bleed, that's our inner winter. So if you think of winter time, you think of it as a time where we want to be more cozy. We're not as social. We want more warming foods. We want to like wrap up in a blanket. Just think of all of the, you know, intuitive feels that you have without anyone telling you how you have to feel in the winter. Think of just like your inner knowing of like how you want to be held. And that's like, you want hot chocolate, you want to be warm, like you want to be quiet, you don't feel like, you know, going out and socializing. Yeah, it's like a cozy hibernating. Those are hibernating. Exactly. And this is a time where we're actually more intuitive. So this is a great way for you to really. Ooh, yes. yeah, for you and then to, I think about the full moon. That- exactly. So mm-hmm. this is a great way for you to, um, for you to uh, tune in more to your intuition and things like that. And for you to be more like introspective and quiet and just like treat yourself well, like have more nourishing, warming foods, like have more you know, uh, grounding foods like soups and stews and broths and things like that. And so that would be, you know, my recommendation for that. And then the second one, uh, after we menstruate, you know, a lot of women start to get a little bit more energy. We just finished our cycles. We want, we're just getting kind of that spring energy, if you will. Mm -hmm. So then this is our follicular phase. And this is when we enter more of the spring vibes where, we are feeling a little bit more like we want to go out for more walks. We've got more energy. We're feeling like a little bit more social. And this is the time where we can really tune into that kind of portion of our cycle. And then the next would be our ovulatory. So ovulatory is our inner summer. So this is when we're feeling the most energetic. This is when my favorite time. It's the best. It's the best. It's when we tend to feel like we're, more if we feel more sexy we're feeling you know for feeling more into ourselves this is when we tend to want to go out and socialize and yeah it tends to be more of our inner summer so you can just think of it that way and this is the time where we generally can do more hit workouts and more of like because we have more energy and then next would be um most people, this is the luteal phase it's not always the best phase so this is the phase where a lot of women tend to get a little bit anxious, a little bit at the beginning, it's like our inner, our inner autumn. So this is when we want to be a little, we start to kind of tone down from our summer. We're getting a little bit more wanting to uh, be at home a little bit more. We want to have like more, this is when we tend to be more tidy, like intuitively. uh, And yeah, this is the time where we kind of wind down. However, this is also a time where a lot of women might get, as mentioned before, a bit more anxious. This is when Mm -hmm. we tend to get perhaps our headaches and all the PMS kind of symptoms leading up to menstruation. And so, yeah, those are the four phases and I really love it. And it's just a great way to kind of look at it. Um, It doesn't, I think a lot of times, a lot of folks on like Instagram and social can tend to make these phases like to live by these phases which is really great a lot of women right, right. that that's mm-hmm. cool and it even goes to the extent of like having very specific foods during this time which can definitely work for some people but I personally feel like it can be a little bit unaccept uh not accept- accessible and so I, I like to have it as just use it as kind of a blueprint for you to kind of base off of, and then, you know, just try to eat more seasonally, right? So yeah, eat more seasonally to your outer world, but also, uh, yeah, just pay attention. Like, 
in terms of like your energetic levels. Like if you're about in your luteal phase, feeling not the best, don't go into a spin class. If you're about to menstruate, allow yourself time to rest. Maybe don't take those extra calls. Maybe don't make those plans to go out and socialize or go out on that date that you don't, you know, you might not want to go on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just a, a little example. And everybody's so different. And so some people just don't have the mental capacity to like, you know, base their life off this, but it can be really, really eye opening and really life changing once you start to not only track your cycle, but to just kind of honor the different phases that you're in. Yeah. Cause then you're more in a flow with uh, the different rhythms that we're really meant to be embracing in that time. And I think that, yeah. um, always leads to, um, just more in, you know, intuition and, 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 and becoming more abundant and becoming like more connected because, you know, we think that we have to be going all the time, but really there's like moments where we're, when we pull back, that's when we're more magnetic and all these things. So I see it as like, when you're flowing with what your body is kind of telling you to do in that moment, it, it actually benefits you in the long term, And that's so amazing. So if you were to say maybe like one herb for each of these seasons that we should focus on, like just name one herb for each of these, these four seasons. Yeah. So I just want to start off by saying that everyone is really unique and that when I'm recommending herbs, it's always, always, uh, important to, you know, be cautious and to know what you're taking. So I'm going to focus a lot more on herbs that are just very accessible to people and that are a lot more gentle that will apply to like a wide variety of people. And so I'm going to start off by talking about our follic inner follicular phase. So this is our inner spring. So this is after our menstruation, which is after our bleed, which means we're going to be losing a lot of, you know, blood, which is like iron and minerals and things like that. So this is a great time to replenish. And one of my favorite herbs for that would be nettle. So nettle is known as mother nature's multivitamin. It's incredibly high in so many nutrients, so many minerals. It's also high in iron and vitamin C. And so highly recommend nettle during this time. And then Tulsi can also be another uh, one. So holy basil can be another herb as well that is really nice during, uh, during this phase. And with the nettle, one of my favorite things is it's so accessible. And if it's the springtime, it's usually widely available to most folks. So you can forage it yourself or you can just buy it. And what I, I like to do is an overnight infusion. So essentially what that means is you take about a tablespoon of nettle in like a mason jar, and then you fill it with some hot water and you just let it sit overnight. And then you strain it the next morning and you can drink it either cold or warm, whatever you like, but highly recommend nettle. It's just, I mean, it's amazing for all phases of your cycle, but I really like it specifically during your inner spring. And then next would be your ovulatory. So this is your inner summer. So during this time, I would recommend that I recommend folks really support their liver because we want to make sure that we're detoxing any sort of excess estrogen or estrogen. And so this can be really helpful for supporting the liver. And I love that with dandelion. So dandelion root is such an amazing herb mm -hmm. for supporting the liver. And then burdock is all, all is a nice herb as well, but this can be done in, in like boiling some, uh, some dandelion roots. Uh, and yeah, it's really, really beautiful herb for this time. Could we and then forage our own dandelion? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. When forage, I do recommend 
Uh, I do recommend getting it from a reputable area. So like a reputable source if you're buying it or just make sure you're getting it from somewhere that's not being like sprayed with pesticides because right. they And that's something that people do because they think dandelion's a weed. We need to get rid of it. And it's so it's good for us. Plant. It's it's an amazing plant. It, in fact, these days, it's probably one of my favorite plants. It is incredible. And we could do a whole podcast on how much I love. Okay. This. So tell me <laughs> just a couple quick things about yeah. what dandelion does that you think is just so incredible. Okay. I think you'll like this. So there's no other plant that represents the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so- oh. I know. I knew. I thought you would like this. this is yeah. Really so you think about it when it's the flower and it's bright and yellow and sunny, this represents the sun. And then when it's kind of going to seed and it becomes kind of puffy and that little round part, that's the moon. And then when you blow and wish and those little seeds kind of go off, those are the stars, which I really love. Uh, okay. But- I just have to take a moment to say yeah. I didn't even realize that that was the same plant. Yeah, it is. The ones that you blow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's dandelion. Yeah, it's cool, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. (laughs) I will never forget it. (laughs) I will never forget that. Yeah, so a dandelion is amazing. I'll just quickly, quickly go over. The roots are so fantastic for supporting liver detoxification. They're just unamazing or like that that part specifically is for the is, has an affinity for the liver and then if you go to the uh the leaves the leaves are so amazing for digestion and for supporting uh bile flow so this is used a lot in digestive bitters you can saute up the dandelion greens and eat them and they're really really amazing for helping with digestion and then the leaves are actually um if you were to take the tincture or have a tea with the leaves they have an affinity for the kidneys so they're really really good for supporting the kidneys and so yeah it's amazing and then the the flower can be you know you can definitely consume the flower as well um and it can be used a lot in like flower essence and it's very like uh bright and supporting mood and and things like that but you can use the whole plant um it's it's just amazing so yeah that's uh I love that I think it's so ironic that we try to get rid of them but it's something that can really support us I mean like yeah it's so wild but that's why I think a lot all this information is so essential to us 100% 100% like a lot of us for our yeah, own health. a lot of these plants that we you know think are weeds like a lot of them are potent medicine and yeah. they're so accessible and a lot of the times we're buying these supplements that are being shipped from like across the world and things like that when we literally have you know these amazing plants that are so supportive for overall health that are just in our backyard or growing at the side of a road so <laughs> it's cool. I okay I love that perspective so much because we're always hearing about, you know, the different supplements and like you just said, it yeah. coming from, you know, another part of the world, but we have so much accessible to our own area and in our backyard right now. If we just, you know, take the time, educate, learn how to properly, um, ob- obviously properly forage it and find the right sources. But that is yeah. such a beautiful example of how this can be so accessible to everybody. Exactly. And we can also, again, it comes back to living with the seasons too. And if you're big on sustainability and accessibility, you know, it's again, living in tune with nature, living in tune with the seasons and mother nature gives us what we need when we need it. And if you think of, you know, spring being the time of supporting the liver and detox, if you look around all the herbs that spring up are quite literally supporting for the liver and supporting the lymphatic system and all of that. So anyways, it's pretty cool. It's all connected. 
Yes. And then we're going to kind of, and then I'm, I do want to mention that maca can be a good time for ovulatory. It's really good for vim and vigor and really good for, um, it's kind of an aphrodisiac. It gets you in the mood. Um, highly recommend. I, I really love maca. I think it can be really supportive during this time. And then the next would be our luteal phase. And this is our inner fall. And this is a time when folks tend to get a little bit uh, anxious, lower mood. And so I would recommend some Nervines and Nervines support the nervous system. So I really love lemon balm. It's really, really lovely. It's part of the mint family. So it's it's just, it tastes really, really nice. Uh, and oat straw. Oat straw is really a, a nutritive. So it's very nourishing and really nice as well. So that would be more of like, you know, your early luteal kind of going into when you're about to get your period. And then when a lot of us are about to get our period, we tend to get cramps uh, and things like that. And that's what I would recommend incorporating herbs that are really helpful for cramps. And so there are definitely more heavy hitters like our cramp bark and things like that. But I really love the more accessible herbs. So one of my favorites is ginger. Ginger is widely accessible and it's an antispasmodic, a very potent antispasmodic, which means that it helps relax. So this is really helpful for folks that might have diarrhea, might be having bloating, but it's also really helpful for, um, for any sort of cramping as well. So ginger, highly recommend. And then my second favorite for cramps would be dill. So dill is an amazing herb for cramps. And this is something you can incorporate three days leading up to your, when you're supposed to bleed. And this can be, again, you can grow it in your backyard. You can put it on a salad. You can make, you know, a really nice meal with it. And it's so easy. It's so gentle and can be really effective. So that would I have be that my in my backyard right now. And oh, yeah, it's no great. idea that it was yeah. connected to that. So. Well, right. Yeah. That's one. That. Kind of, and that's the thing about herbs too. You're all, we're always learning. And that's one recently that kind of brought came to my attention that I've now in, incorporated in, into my list of herbs for cramps. And then lastly would be our menstrual phase. And this is a time to just be really easy on yourself. This is a time to maybe do a little bit of chamomile to like relax that nervous system, give yourself that warm hug. You can incorporate if you have any sort of like you know, grief feeling or need a little bit of um, help with the heart, then you can incorporate maybe a little bit of rose. And then I love red raspberry during this time. It's it's very uh, tonifying to the uterus and just a really great herb for uh, for menstruation. So I know that's more than one for each phase, yeah, but okay. I gave you a couple, sorry. <laughs> it's good to have variety. Yeah, exactly. So then, okay. So I've heard this on other podcasts that yeah. cramping is not normal. Is, mm. is that true? Yeah. So I just want to start off by saying that I really appreciate kind of this sort of message that's going out of the more extreme side saying things like we shouldn't be getting PMS. We shouldn't be getting cramping. Yeah. We shouldn't be doing all these things. I love that because it's really bringing this conversation to the forefront and women are kind of waking up to the fact that we're like, what we've been told that this is very very normal yeah with that being said I do like to proceed I like to proceed with caution with this because I I do personally feel like it can add a level of shame a little bit which means like oh if you do get cramps then you're doing something wrong and so 
Yes, I think it's important for us to be very aware that, you know, it's BS that we've been fed, that this is a terrible time in the month that we should be, you know, that we should be dreading and, you know, we should have these debilitating cramps and all things. Yes, that's not normal, but it's about more getting curious and empowering than of maybe a shaming sort of thing. And I don't know if that's just me. And I mean, everybody's different, but I think that I just like to proceed that specifically with caution because everyone's different, right? And what's normal for one person isn't normal for the other. So with that being said, no, you shouldn't be having debilitating cramps. If you are in bed and you're experiencing something like that and it's making you unable to live your day-to-day, this is definitely something. It's a symptom of something else. It's your body telling you that there's something else going on. It's your body talking to you. And so we can use this Instead of looking at it like we're working against our body and our body's broken, we can more look at it, okay, my body's trying to tell me something, what's going on? And so with cramps, it could be a couple of things. So a lot of the times that this is could be inflammation, so it could be caused by prostaglandins. And this could definitely be a case of, you know, inflammation. So this is a time that you... I would highly recommend removing any sort of seed oils. I don't love seed oils or vegetable oils. I think they can be quite inflammatory. And so this is definitely something that I would recommend avoiding. And so, yeah, maybe looking at the diet, maybe looking at excess estrogen. Are you someone that's prone to more excess estrogen? That's something you need to explore. And is it possibly, is it debilitating cramps and pain, dysmenorrhea, because you potentially have endometriosis? Maybe this is something you need to explore more. And so, yeah, just kind of long answer to your question. I think it's not normal to have debilitating cramps, but, you know, we do get cramps. We do do get anxiety. Our mood does change. I don't think that it should be extreme. I think that, yeah, I think having a painless period and not having any symptoms of PMS at all is very possible for the majority of us. However, if once in a while we have a period that's not the best, that's like maybe a really heavy flow or like really uncomfortable, then we need to explore and see what's going on. It's more of like a report card, I would like Mm. to say, our body like showing us of what's going on. So I rec I I invite you to not come at, at a place from shame or like angry at your body, but more like getting curious and like look at those things, especially with cramping. Uh, I love but, that. I love your yeah. perspective of it of saying like you know not to shame us, but you know really looking at it with a curious lens of what is it telling us in our body. And I've noticed this because I've had painful periods, you know, for a long time, and only recently as I've been, you know, gaining more knowledge of, of it all, I've been curious about, okay, well maybe it's my diet. And I've been starting to switch adding, you know, I was plant-based for a really long time. And, um, I find that the plant-based diet because of like the alternatives, all these things have a lot of seed oils, like you were talking about seed oils. Mm -hmm. So, and then that I feel like is connected to the melasma that I have, which is like, you know, all of the connected. And I was like, maybe I need to incorporate some more meat into my diet. And, you know, I've slowly started to add that back in, um, as well as taking ginger during that time and trying to eliminate seed oil. So all these things where I'm like experimenting has been easing my cramps a lot. Amazing. And 
healing my melasma a lot. Amazing. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay. So so, like, you know, I think a big part of that was food. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also just saying like, what is my body asking me to Mm -hmm. nourish it with, you know, and what is it really asking for right now? And to just like, start to slowly add that in and and see how I feel about it and just like really listen and tune in because I think you're so correct where it's just you know it's something that it's in, it can be so empowering when we know that our body is saying hey maybe there's something that it wants right now or something that it needs to take away and I think that's such a beautiful perspective to come at it so I love yeah. that thank you yeah and I wanted to add into just another little trick that folks can do which I really love and and I don't know many maybe some of you have heard of it before but a really great trick for uh, excess estrogen would be a raw carrot salad so this is a really yeah sign me up that's me (laughs) I (laughs) I love this tip because it's a accessible b it's so easy and it's just an example of food as medicine right and so this concept was created this raw carrot salad was kind of brought to the forefront from Dr. Rayleigh Pete. And the whole idea of it is that carrots actually contain an undigestible, unique fiber that helps uh, pull excess estrogen from the body. And so the raw carrot salad, yeah, the raw carrot salad, basically you take a raw carrot and I would just, you know, maybe take one or two and you just grate, you can grate it with a cheese grater or take like um, a vegetable peeler and just peel it into ribbons. And then you can add a little bit of apple cider vinegar, a little bit of sea salt, and like, I don't know, a little bit of coconut oil if you want, or olive oil. And yeah, it contains, you know, a little bit of healthy fat, minerals, and, you know, the raw carrot. And if you don't want to make a raw carrot salad, just eat a raw carrot. (laughs) It's so cool. I feel like a lot of women, like, you know, it's not going to solve all of your problems, but it's just an example of something. I just invite you to try it out, like in your luteal phase or, you know, going up to your period or, you know, maybe try it five days a week for two weeks and like, see if it really helps because it's just an example of just like a cool little trick that's inexpensive, very easy, very tasty. And yeah, food is medicine. Pretty cool. I love that. I love that. It's just like so easy and accessible because that's like, it's really like back to basics, back to simplicity. I think that's always like what Mm -hmm. serves us the most when it comes to our health, wellness, diet, all of that. Um, Now, okay. I need to ask you this question. (laughs) (laughs) um, What are your thoughts on oat milk? I've heard a lot of different perspectives and Mm -hmm. I will say, Okay. Because I've been hearing all this about oat milk and I love oat milk and I was drinking it for a long time. And then I noticed that when I was drinking my coffee, cause I'm a coffee lover and I can't get rid of it. It's just, you know, part of my life. Um, I noticed that when I stopped drinking oat milk with the coffee and I switched to like soy or other plant-based ones, my anxiety lessened. I, something about oat milk just made me feel so anxious when I was drinking coffee and I didn't even realize it because I thought it was just normal. And then when I switched away, I was like, so is there a connection? Tell me your thoughts on oat milk. Mm, I love this topic. And (laughs) so as, as a, I was plant-based for many years, I was a very opinionated plant-based person for, you know, for about five years. And, you know, I've, 
changed a lot in terms of the kind of foods that I incorporate and just what works for me and, and as a menstruating woman, and I am very far from that now. Um, I definitely consume a lot more, you know, real foods and things like that. Um, and a lot more animal-based products. But with that being said, I love this topic. So the thing is with oat milk is that because it's the way that the oats are processed, it actually breaks it down into sugar. And so this causes a blood sugar spike. Really, So if you look at a lot of oat milks, not only does it t- contain fillers, seed oils. And Definitely like seed that, oils. You can't find actually, any. It. it makes it delicious. It makes it creamy. And, you know, I love an oat milk latte as much as the next person. It's very tasty. But the way that the oats are processed and they break them down breaks the starches and the starches turn into sugar. And so a lot of the time, you know, when we maybe have oat milk with a protein and a healthy fat, you know, maybe it wouldn't spike our blood sugar as much. But the, the reality is, is that most people are consuming this on an empty stomach. And so this is making their blood sugar skyrocket. And so what happens is when that, when that occurs, we tend to get really anxious. We tend to feel really shaky. And a lot of the times when our glucose spikes, it does really mimic a lot of anxiety symptoms, beat, racing heart, you know, fluttering chest, like breath, feeling really shaky. Uh, so yes, I would say I don't like oat milk at all in terms of what it does to our bodies. I'm not a big fan. I feel like it spikes your blood sugar and I don't like all the additives. And then with that being said, I also feel that it's being sold as I remember recently I did a post about it and people were really upset about this post. Yeah. And I I can, I I think I saw your post. Yeah. What? Yeah. I think it's so interesting because people love their oat milk. And I I have Mm -hmm. this theory that it's being sold as well. Like I remember walking by this ad for oat milk once and it said, saving the planet one coffee at a time. And I just laughed because I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. so ridiculous. <laughs> we're, we're attaching morals to yeah. this product. And it's basically without us knowing a lot of people, this is again, just my theory. And I myself was doing this as well, where we're doing something that we think, you know, we connect morale, like our morals to it and values. And, you know, we have our oat milk and we're like, I'm doing something great for the planet. I'm doing something great for myself. And then when that is questioned, we get very defensive. Mm-hmm. And Because when you really think of it, when some random person on the internet tells you that, you know, it might be causing you a bit of anxiety in the morning, you shouldn't have it. I was really shocked at the amount of people that were really upset by it. And, you know, it wasn't my intention to cause food fear or anything like that. And again, on this podcast, it's not my intention, but just to get curious, like, how are you feeling when you drink oat milk? And per, and you know, my, my opinion on it is I don't care for oat milk. I think that there's better options. I think that I, I prefer coconut milk. Uh, I think it's like really a lot of people that even have sensitivities can and even have autoimmune conditions can 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 handle it quite well. You can get a lot of brands that don't have additives that don't have seed oils. So I prefer coconut milk, even soy milk that's like organic uh, has high amounts of protein in it. And so I even nowadays like that. So I would say that oat milk. I switched over to organic soy. How? Because I I honestly feel better. Like, yeah. I cannot believe the difference. I remember it was like back in April 
I was just feeling, I was having my coffees and I would get such anxiety and I didn't relate it. I just thought it was like a season of, you know, more anxiety. And then when I've been hearing more about this and actually just experimenting, like you said, like just being curious of like, you know, and everyone can have their own, you know, opinions and experiences. Like maybe it's totally like maybe the way that somebody drinks it, like you said, with the proteins and other things, then it maybe mm. it doesn't like affect them as much. But whatever it is, I just know that it's working for me. And I totally, I totally relate to you. And like, yeah, you know, and even, yeah, it's it's just it's been shown that it does definitely spike your blood sugar. Yeah, and that does. And not we don't do- need that. <laughs> well, it doesn't help our hormones. It doesn't help our mental health. And, and yeah, that's that's what I'll say about that. I, yeah. I don't recommend I don't recommend oat milk. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. I I learned as well, and <laughs> I'm on the other side. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to get into it because I think that these are really important things to know as well because they're simple switches. They're simple things to just have an awareness of, and it can really impact your day. Really can impact your mind, and it's so amazing that something like that can really like shift. You know. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. So. Okay. So we're in the summer season. I love this time. I know you love this time too. Um, and you were just, you know, in Oregon and beautiful summer season. And also you went to California, which I did. Oh, oh my such gosh. a juicy, was, glorious uh, time. Yeah. It was a dream. I, I think Northern California is probably one of the most beautiful places I've ever been yes. in my whole life. And we camped along the coast and Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, where did you camp? Uh, I was in the Redwoods. Oh. I was in, uh, I went to Mendocino. We went to Big Sur and then Yosemite National Park. And we were going to stay in like Airbnbs and stuff. I was with um, a fellow uh, intern that we finished the program together. And we ended up just going and buying a tent and just camping all along the way. And we did oh. it. And it was amazing. It was so incredible. So highly recommend if anyone's thinking about going to Northern California, I beyond recommend it. It's, it's, it's quite incredible. It's a magical place. It's so magical. And yeah, I just love this season. What are some of your like favorite, like summer herbal recipes or tinctures or things that you just like, you know, maybe it's even unexpected. Like I know you shared, um, you always share these like beautiful videos on your Instagram. So I think everyone should go check that out because every time you post it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks amazing. Like I need to go make a lilac, you know, infusion. Yeah. And then and then you also had one. It was a spruce tip and nettle vinegar, which I have yeah. never even heard that you yeah. can do that with vinegar. So tell me yeah. the benefits and then tell me like, maybe something that you're really loving right now in the summer season that you like to make? Okay. I love this question. Okay. So something that I think we get so stuck on is with herbs, we think teas or we think tinctures and tinctures for those of you that don't know is an extract in alcohol. And then there's non-alcoholic tinctures as well. Okay. But we can actually make food we can actually turn herbs into food or like use it in the kitchen as well. And vinegar is an amazing solution to actually get a lot of the benefits from herbs. 
And so I highly recommend making herb infused vinegars. Not only do they taste amazing, but they're great for the gut and you get all the medicinal benefits that you would from either a tincture or a tea, depending on the herb, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, another thing that I love making as well is called an oxymil. And what an oxymil is, is it's oxy, which is the vinegar and the mel, which is the honey. So basically what it is, is it's just vinegar, honey, and herbs. And so you can make oxymil basically out of so many different herbs. You could do a rose and tulsi oxymil. Mm -hmm. You could do a nettle oxymil. I do one in the, in the autumn We're in the summer, but in the autumn, I do one that's really great for the immune system that has sage and garlic. And basically what you do is you just take some herbs and then you fill the, like in a mason jar, and then you fill it out about 25% of the way full. And then you would top it with apple cider vinegar. I would do probably about um, like 60% apple cider vinegar and then the rest with raw honey and then you just shake it up and you let it sit for about three weeks or so and you strain it and you can put this on salads you can uh, you can put it with soda water if it's more of like if it's like the Tulsi rose one you can use it you can straight up just like drink it but yeah it's just a really cool way to incorporate herbs into your everyday and they're still medicinal and they they extract all of the medicinal benefits from the herbs so we don't have to get so stuck on like okay gotta do tea or tincture that's the only thing right so that's just like an example of of what that is and nettle in particular uh it really, the, the vinegar really does take out a lot of the constituents uh, that you want from nettle. And so yeah, I highly recommend uh, trying it out, trying to do an infused vinegar, even if you wanted to do like a rosemary infused vinegar or. Ooh, you know, that sounds so good. Yeah. And then you, you can just put yeah, that on your salads and all your foods. Exactly. You just take apple cider vinegar, pour it on top of some herbs from a mason jar, um, you'll want to do like a little, I would, I always like to do a piece of parchment paper between the lid and between the jar because the oh, apple okay. cider, yeah. uh, but yeah, just, you can even Google it. Like, but I, I recommend just getting curious and we can incorporate herbs and, and enjoy a lot of the benefits, um, from a lot more things than just the tea. So that's highly so brilliant. I feel yeah, like you, so need, good for you. you need like yeah. a YouTube channel or a podcast because yeah. there's need, so many things that you can stuff. share. I have a lot of ideas. Brewing. Is it in the works? It better be. <laughs> in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then one of my favorite things in the summer to do is I love incorporating. I mean, I like doing putting fl- edible flowers and everything. It's just such a beautiful way to like. I've been growing it. my own and it's so cool. Yeah. And there's so many edible flowers. It's so cool. But yeah, edible flowers are one of my favorite things to do. But I also love making teas that are really cooling. So some of my favorite cooling herbs would be like a hibiscus iced tea. Mm. So you could do calendula, you could do um, you could do mint, you could do uh, hibiscus, as I mentioned, like all very cooling. Uh, hibiscus is really amazing for the skin as well really mint mineral rich in minerals and so yeah what you can do is just like steep that overnight you can make it really cold add a little bit of honey but I love absolutely love sipping on that Um, you can make like herb infused ice cubes at this time of year or you can even take like edible flowers for instance like your purple cone flowers or your uh, calendula and you can just put them in ice cube trays and if you have like a party or something like that 
make these like really elevated Instagrammable, beautiful things. And you literally just yeah. like throw a flower in, in an ice cube dish. So yeah, it's fun. You can make, you can make it really fun and you can, you know, embrace your inner kitchen, witch very easily. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. Um, we're nearing the end of our podcast interview, but um, to kind of end it off, I would love to hear if there's anything else you want to share. I know that I really want to know, like, who inspires you in the world of herbalism? Like what is really just like, you know, or maybe like a, a place that you would love to travel to that's really like calling to you right now? Like what is this like your inspiration right now in this world of herbalism before we end? And then let us know how we can all work with you. Yeah. So what is inspiring inspiring me right now is just nature in general and my curiosity. I feel when it comes to nature, I have this new zest for life, this curiosity, this inner child that, you know, I've been really, really not paying attention to for a long time. And so I would say nature just is really inspiring me, the seasons and the cycle and how much, you know, it really does mirror our inner world. And something I heard recently, which I just love, is that when we breathe in, we breathe in oxygen, which um, is given to us by by plants. And when we breathe out, it's carbon dioxide. And the plants actually breathe in the carbon dioxide. So it is actually this intercycle of our breath gives them breath and so on and so forth. So I really loved that. And I just love using that for just inspiration of, you know, nature is always going to be there. It's very inspirational. And yeah, I just, I love it. And so that's, what's inspiring me lately is just getting out, getting curious and just like really paying attention. And then I would say a lot of women herbalists that are inspiring me, if you ever want to check out would be people like Rosemary Gladstar. I absolutely love her. Oh yes. I've heard her. I've heard her on some podcasts. Yeah, She's amazing. And a lot of other um, amazing herbalists as well that I'm, I'm happy to, you know, give you a couple links for too, for folks that want to check out more, but yeah, I would say that's what's inspiring me lately. It's just getting curious. And I love that. And I love that. It's just like, yeah, connecting to nature because nature is like our best teacher. Like we don't really have to go anywhere else, which is so cool. And and I, I love the metaphor you just shared. I think it's such a perfect representation that we are nature, you know? So how can people work with you? Yeah. So folks can work with me through one-on-one. So I offer one-on-one consultations uh, so we can work, work with me in that way. Um, I also have some really exciting things coming up with uh, herbal courses and programs and things like that. that are just oh, that's really- so good. That's so needed. Yeah. It's just for folks that are wanting to learn a little bit more about herbs and not in an advanced way, but just a way that they can kind of incorporate it in their everyday and so that's coming up soon, but you can follow me on Instagram at Carly Nadine underscore, where I post a ton of different recipes and information and yeah, or you can check out my website, carlynadine.com. Amazing. And yeah, you have the best Instagram reels. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always watching them like, oh, I want to go in the kitchen now and make Thank you. <laughs> lilac thing that you just did. Yeah. Amazing. They're always oh, so good. So much. I really enjoyed that. That interview it was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been so beautiful. And I'm just, I'm so excited for everyone to tune in and, and hear this gorgeous, juicy knowledge all about how we can connect more with plants. Thank you so much for having me.